You're listening to Unfiltered with Muhammad Uncut, a podcast about personal growth and authentic leadership. If you're looking for tips on how to manage others, get ahead, and make your way up the corporate ladder, this is not the show for you. This podcast is about being of service to others, leading from the heart, and evolving into a better version of yourself. Each episode brings you motivated stories about unfiltered leadership and authentic leaders, those who involve others, use their influence to amplify diverse perspectives, and inspire teams to achieve collective results. If this sounds like you, keep listening. Hello, and welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast, and welcome to my unfiltered leader, Muhammad Faki. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Very good. I'm so glad to have you on here. I'm honored. I full respect to you, and not just because we're friends off camera, but because I follow what you do. Uh, I totally respect the way that you give back to the community. And to start us off, I just want to tell people who don't already know who Mohamed Fakih is, I'm just going to give him a bit of background. So Mohamed Fakih, in 2006, you purchased a nearly bankrupt restaurant. You transformed it into what is known today as one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Middle Eastern halal restaurant chains in North America, Paramount Fine Foods. Your determination to change the perception surrounding Middle Eastern food has driven Paramount's brand success across Canada and internationally as well. You're a Canadian who is full-heartedly giving back to the community. You're a community leader. You regularly participate in fundraisers and lead the, the, the way. You're whole community events. You support multiple causes. You're an entrepreneur. You're a philanthropist. You're a community leader, as I said. You're, you know, you're, you're a leader at heart and you're my friend, but you're also my unfaltered guest today. So I want to thank you for accepting to be on here. And I'm so excited about talking about what makes you such a great leader. So welcome, Ahmed. Thank you very much. You put the bar very high for me now with that great introduction. Wow. I hope I'll be the, I'll hope I'll be one day what you said, all what you said. You already are, my friend. You already are. And I'm, and I'm going to start there because, you know, I, this podcast is about personal transformation. When people say, who's your audience and what do you talk about? I say, you know, it's important that we represent leaders who are leading corporations and organizations and leaders in the community or leaders in politics, leaders in the home. If we can't lead ourselves first and be authentic, unfiltered leaders who lead from the heart, who want to see good in the community and do good to others and be of service to others, we can't be good leaders. And Mohammed, what drives you to be of service to everyone that you work with? Where do you get that passion from? I think uh, it's very important to understand uh, and to be proud of who you are and where you came from. Because we are who we are today because not only for, and I hear a lot of people saying, uh, as soon as I came to Canada, you know, I'm so grateful and I want to forget everything about where I came from. Uh, it reminds me of a war. It reminds me of bad things. It reminds me, I say they're wrong. I say you need to be proud where you came from. I say that where you came from is what made you who you are today. A combination between the Canadian experience and Lebanese experience made Mohammed Fikri. And a combination between 
my name being a Muslim and being a Canadian and being a Lebanese made Mohammed Fiki, and I'm very proud. I am who I am because of the thing I learned from the older people of Lebanon and my little town in South Lebanon and the people that taught me in Canada, mentored me in Canada and the business experience I had in Canada. And that mix of experiences, what makes diversity is our strength. What makes immigrant to be who we are and give us that resiliency, that push of always want to succeed. And I think my mom had a lot of influence in that. Uh, my mom always taught me I'm wired that way almost. Uh, there was this little shoebox in front of our house, uh, at the door of our house. And I remember it used to be branded Bata, which is used to be a yeah. shoe brand in Beirut. Yeah. And my mom put a sticker on it. It says Sadaka. And the Sadaka means voluntarily giving. And she used to give us 5,000 lira, Lebanese lira, which is that's $5 for the people who's listening. And she used to give us five and 25 cents. And the 25 cents was to drop in the Sadaka box every single morning. So she wired us in a way that you will only be blessed. You will only be good in school. You will only be successful in business. You will only be healthy. You will only be protected if you start your day by helping someone else. So that's number one, what made me who I am today. And number two, we live, and all of us we do, and a lot of your listeners probably do believe and hear, regardless of their background, they could be Indian, Pakistanis, uh, Jewish, Muslim, Christian, more you give, more you make. It doesn't make sense to accountants, I know that. Right? <laughs> but in real life, I'm sure Ernst and young people listening to this, they're gonna be probably nodding their heads and saying, what the heck is he talking about? But in real life, I can prove it to you. More you give, more you make. And last thing, what gets me up every morning is the sense of owing to this beautiful community, to this beautiful country, the people, this country that I love, and the people that I love, the Canadian, owing them the transformation that I had from someone that came here with $1,500 in his pocket, lived in a shared basement apartment to become a business leader that it's worth interviewing in your podcast. I owe that to the Canadian that a smile from a Canadian when I came here used to make me feel like a citizen, right? And, and that's very important. So, and, and I always say, Never forget the people that supported you the most. When you were weak, you were vulnerable. And when there is no money in the world or there is no knowledge in the world worth having unless you share it with someone else, unless you use it to change someone else's life. And that's the bottom line, what gets me up every morning. Mohammed, I feel like I'm listening to myself because we share so many similar values, the story of giving the sadaka, the, the, the voluntary gift to, to the poor and remembering others was something I've taught my kids because my parents taught me that. And the immigrant story, the, you know, we, we all are immigrants in this country and we have come from so, somewhere else. You know, I, I say that our motherland, our homeland is, you know, our, our, the mother of our origin that gave us birth, but Canada has wrapped us with its mercy and its giving, and it's taught us the values of community and, you know, it's given us opportunity. People from outside of Canada look to here and, you know, they say, oh, you guys have it so good. It's because we give and we get back, as you say, and that karma, that goodness, 
you put out there and you're getting, you put out in the universe, the good signals, the positive vibes, you're going to get them back. And Mohammed, you know, you taught me something just a few months ago that resonated with me incredibly. And that was diversity is a fact, inclusion is a choice. And I don't know if you know this, but I've been using this in this podcast. I've been using this in my branding and my training. And that statement has become so crucial to the message that I spread because in Canada or anywhere in the world, and because of COVID right now and this global need to be collectively human, it's important for us to remember that our, we are stronger because of our differences and not in spite of them. And you're testament to that. You have you've been given the key to Mississauga or by, you know, by uh, Mayor uh, Crombie. You have um, relationships with people here in the government and you, you enjoy certain status with people who are influential in our country. And I'm not saying that um, blowing the horns. I say that respectfully because I want everyone to know when you're willing to work hard, when you're willing to recognize your, when you're modest and you say, you know what? I came to this country, I had 1500 bucks in my pocket, I lived in a basement, I had it hard, but I worked. And I met you when you just taken over Paramount. I remember you were out there with the people in your restaurant. When you took over that restaurant, we didn't know who the boss of the restaurant was. You would come out and say, how's your food? Can I get you something? And you were walking around with your servers. You were one of them. And you know, we didn't know, oh, that's the owner. We started learning, oh, that's the guy, that's the owner. He, you know, and full respect to the servers. My son is working as a server. We all start somewhere. We all have to make a living and there's no shame in any living. You started, you worked hard and you went from working side by side with the people who helped build your business to working side by side to taking your business to international. Now, Muhammad. Yes, you're a good person and you give back to the community and you're a great leader and you work with the people, but you've also got a business sense, an entrepreneurial mind. And why is that important in leadership? I think uh, it's part of leadership for you to resonate to other people and to actually being able to lead your team. And let me put three lines under team. Uh, to have a mind of business, you need to be able to know what you don't know. And it's very important to know what you don't know. And it's, it gets complicated. The worst people are the people that don't know what they don't know in business because they'll actually give their opinion and become dangerous. People will follow mm. them because they're holding a position of leadership and then the entire movement i don't call my company a company it's not a company we are a movement we are a movement because we do business but we want to change the world we actually believe what margaret mead said that a group a small group of committed thoughtful people that believe that they can change the world the world only has been changed that way ever yeah. right so so it's very important to be led by someone that's humble enough to say what they don't know and that's not intimidated by hiring people smarter than them. I can tell you I'm the least smart in my company. You're being modest. <laughs> my team is much better than I am. On their particular area and departments, they have much deeper experience than I am. 
And the power of listening is very important in your career path, at home, with your children, with the community. Mm -hmm. The power of listening, no one can understand it. It's a huge. And for me, I sit on this boardroom. I'm only one voice. They can vote me out every minute, my team. Mind you, I'm the only financial you know, a contributor here. But even saying that makes me feel bad because maybe I'm the only financial contributor. But these, your people, again, listen to this word that you say every day, people. This word is the most important in everything we do in our life. You know how many people come to me and they want to have a conversation. And sometimes I don't know them. They just want to start a conversation and they want to give me advice. Mohammed, the customer is always right. The customer, the customer is always right, Mohammed. Be careful. The customer is always right. You know what? No, not for the CEO. For, my, for a CEO, for a leader, your people are your most important people. Hmm. And customer comes first. Customer comes first. No, my people come first. And if I put my people first, they will put the customer first. Love it. For me as a CEO should be my people. You're only as good as the, how much your people are buying into your movement, how much your people are buying into the culture. I always mm-hmm. say culture is a king. And the culture at Paramount is, even if we work hard, even if it's tough love, it's not only love, because you have, we have to hold each other accountable. But at the end, when we end up on the dining table in front of our children, we're so proud that we do not only make money, we make money while we help the community. And we all win. And when you help the community, let me tell you, 10 years ago, my franchisee came to me and said, Mohammed, why don't we put CP24 and buses and this? I said, no, no, we're going to help the homeless. And they said, no, no, that's charity. And we want to do marketing. I said, no. When you invest, look, very simple. To have a successful company, to become a leader, entrepreneur, your leader. You could be an entrepreneur, make money. Bottom line is only profit. But if you want to be entrepreneurial leader, you need great people and you need a great community that you look after. And they all will invest back in you and we all win. We all win. So true. And when you put people over profits, you start seeing profits rise because you're helping people rise. And uh, you know that again, Mohammed, that resonates so much so many leaders think that, hey, we're here for the bottom dollar. We're here to serve the client. And to your point, you know, let, let, let me use another restaurant here. But if you're going to McDonald's and you're coming through the drive-thru and you're going to get a Big Mac and you're the client, you're the customer. And the people making the Big Mac, well, first of all, there's no people in there. There's no client. There's no customer coming through the drive-thru. But if you've got people who are just slamming things on and not putting care and prepping it and making it look like they're making it with love and care and that they want this every single Big Mac to look like it was made for you coming through the, the drive-thru, 
then that person will drive away with the experience that they're going to come back to that particular store and continue giving them their business and their money because the people in that store have given back. And so a lot of the time, leaders are saying it's about the client. When you harness a workforce, when you work with your people, they become your ambassadors. You become an organization for the team. You become an organization for your client and an organization for the community. And you've shown that with Paramount. Now, let me ask you, was that intentional? Did it happen by accident? Was it a, I know it's an evolution, but did you wake up one day and said, I'm going to give back to the community because that's how I'm going to build my business. What made Mohammed Fiki realize that that had to be part of your business, part of your ethos? A sadaqa box. Mm. You had a great it leader goes, in your mom. It, it goes to the sadaqa box. It goes to actually believing because you're wired that way. Uh, we right. compete back home. Who does better for the community? Because we tie it to being blessed. And if you want to become rich, give your money away to the community. Right? And I put the word away in purpose because to a lot of people here, what are you giving your money away to make money? How does mm -hmm. that make sense? It's not giving it away. It's investing it in right. the best people ever. You know how many people come to Paramount just because of what we do with the community, not because of our food only? I, I've been told that many over and over and over. Every time we do something, every time we do something with the homeless, every day, I got messages that say, you know what, I'm going to buy Paramount today just to support you because you just supported that cause and the other cause. Let me tell you about culture. We have a culture at Paramount and everybody's realizing it lately. A lot of big companies are asking and demanding now from their CEO, demanding, and I insist, from their CEO to stop cutting a check. Stop doing lip service to actually do more social investment into the community. They want to see a lot of team uh, building uh, like uh, efforts and activities from huge company, Bell Canada, names are huge, name them. All of them, they're even shareholder demanding for them to stop only cutting a check and doing lip service. They actually want them to show that they're more involved in the community because they realize what Paramount 10 years ago implemented is what we call the 4P. Mm. That's the culture. The first P is always people. people. You look after your people. You got a reputation that you're a good employer. People want to work in your company. And you look after your people. They represent you the best. They're your best ambassadors. And your profit will multiply because on the table of payment, you feel everyone owns the business. Mm. Second P, purpose. Okay. When you look after the community, you will attract more talents to your team because people in our country, especially in this beautiful, amazing country of Canada, wants to be part of something bigger than mm -hmm. ourselves. All of us, we do. And imagine if you can have it both ways. Work at a place that is involved of something in something always bigger than ourselves. And there is nothing bigger than me and you and all of us than the community, than the homeless, than the people that are treated badly, than the indigenous, than Black Lives Black Life Matter. There is, this is all bigger than us. And mm -hmm. people will not be always part of something bigger than themselves. Right? 
And then coming and seeing a company that you can work in and be part of something bigger than yourself and make your team pick the causes you want to be involved in, get them their buy-in and make them go to their dining table, tell a story how their cause has helped that many thousand people, right? And then the community watching you doing this, why would they eat somewhere else? Mm -hmm. It's actually the profitable thing to do to support the community. It's not only the right thing to do, it's as well the profitable thing to do. We're all in the fight of talent. There is a lot of money in the country. There's shareholders has a lot of money. Uh, you know, publicly traded company has a lot of money. They're looking for investments. And the only way you can get the proper company out there is having the right talents. And the only way you attract talent by treating people right and having a company with purpose. You want your team to work with you, not for you. You mm -hmm. want your team to come to your company not because of the salary. You want them to come for something else before and the salary. Salary after, right? So, and that's purpose. And the third part is a planet. We all complain about the millennial. We all do. But the only way to get the attention of the millennial is to have a company that looks after people, purpose, and planet. Yeah. And let me promise you, the 4P will come automatically profit. I love it. You really put people over profit, Muhammad. You know, you, you put your money where your mouth is, you know, and, and you, you follow it. You follow it to the four Ps. I'm not going to say to the T, you follow it to the four Ps. And, you know, you got me excited when you said the four Ps because, you know, the word paramount in itself, it, it, it's the height of, of achievement, right? And you've done that by recognizing, as you said, I'm going to, because this really goes to my heart when we talk about culture and this is what I do in my training and I want to kind of push that idea here that today, it comes down to our people. It comes down that when you align people to your purpose, you will see that you've, you have, you're driven by making good. And when you do good, you're not just good to yourself and your company and to your purpose, but you're good to the planet. And you, like you said, you will see the profits come because you're putting values where the values belong. And Muhammad, I want to go, you know, that goes back to what, again, you taught me earlier this year about diversity is a fact. All these things around us, they're a fact, but how we choose to interact with them. We can choose to put profits first and say, you know, we're going to take shortcuts and damage the commu community or, uh, you know, we're, we're going to worry more about our, our, our stores than we're going to worry about the climate. We're, go we're not going to be... Uh, you know, climate friendly. But when I look at what you're doing for your carbon footprint and how you have rethought your entire, um, you know, delivery system, even with your recent, uh, I think it's called Boxed, right? Yes. Maybe, maybe you tell me a bit about that because you've put thought that you want to be more careful to the planet. You, this came out at a time when you didn't know about COVID, but it aligned and it's all about being aware of the planet, which is to your point. We're not doing enough, but maybe you can just elucidate. Uh, tell me a bit more about that. See, it's all about like, like, and it's funny. Uh, it's it's almost uh, people talk two sides of their mouth, but because they use a lot of complicated wording, people listen to them, right? And you know, economists talk about sustainable growth. 
what's better sustainable growth than, than investing in the community? And if you look at anyone's mind today, it's health, economy, and climate change. Health, economy, and climate change. Because people don't want the climate change to become the health again and cause different type of pandemic. Economy, mm -hmm. because people want to travel again, pay their bill, they, they, they feel scared. They feel scared for their life. They feel scared for their jobs, right? And as a business, you need to study your surrounding, your market, and the people around you. And if these are the three, you better tackle them and be ahead of the game. And you tackle them by, you know, making sure all your takeout supplier are, are my, 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 micro degradable, and you do everything the best way you can, possibly including your garbage collection, your recycling, your purchasing, uh, cutlery, uh, your bags, everything you can. Look, in everything in life, either with family, in politics, in community, you will sleep very well. And you will get to one word we all want to be happy. If you're sure, when you look at the mirror, you don't pretend on anything that it's put in front of you that you've done everything you know and everything you can. As soon as you do that, you can sleep. And you can sleep for hours and feel like you slept nine like I do. Right? Look, I worked until today 21 hours a day. And nothing hurt except my jaw. I'm always smiling. Right? I noticed that. I know that. <laughs> right? So the bottom line is, is having people say, Mohammed have an answer to everything. I don't have an answer to everything. But because I got to this point where I am so harsh on myself that I am doing everything I can. I'm finding out and everything I got to know about something, I go and do it to the best of my ability. Then for sure I have an answer because you know That's what? your answer. You know, yes. that you, 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 a lot of us sit back and we, if something doesn't go like planned, we get upset, we get frustrated and we don't have an, we don't have a solution. Let's use the word solution for the answer, right? And what you said earlier about listening, right? And, you know, your current smile is a reflection of your positivity that, you know, yeah, things may be bad, but could they be better? And that makes you smile because that, I think that's a solution is believing that little backup box, the Seneca box, right? It's believing that something could be better. Yeah, you look, you're talking different, to someone. Right? Yeah, you're talking to someone that is in the hardest hit business or industry during the pandemic, mm -hmm. and I'm still smiling. There is a, I had an interview this morning, like 20 minutes before starting this with CP24, and I chew up the premier and the Minister of Finance, uh, that they're very slow on their subsidy. But let me tell you something. This is the same guy who lived, right, during the war, underground, for weeks. And my dad used to come out from hiding from the bombs and everything. And he used to say, with a smile, I can't wait. We're going to build a new businesses. We're going to hire new people. And I'm like, what's wrong with this man, right? And to all of you in Canada, I'm telling you, that beautiful day will come. Another day will come. And we will all agree to it together. We'll hire new people. 
will build more businesses. You need to believe that that light will come. So yeah, we all sometimes go to a darker spot during the pandemic and feel psychologically down. It's all about how do we snap back and fast right? and believe in ourselves, believe in our country and believe something good is going to come. And what can we learn from this pandemic? And what I'm realizing, I hope that will become kinder. Yeah. I hope we realize when we say we're all in it together, it doesn't become a, just a hashtag, right? That we stay in it together. Right. We stay in our community together. We need to build more community within our communities. And we need to build more sense of community more. And honestly, we need to be kinder, simply kinder to you, each you, other. You, you make my heart just get excited with, with your words because, you know, th th there's no greater purpose in life than to be the change that you want to become in the world, to be the positive change, to do good and to be good to others and to be that reflection and to know that you don't have all the answers. Right now, no one has the answers. And, you know, in Canada, not the premier, not the prime minister, not our health officials, not our elected leaders, not even our doctors, not even our, right, our, our specialists. We are doing our best. And we're looking at how we can do it together. And, and this is a story anywhere in the world, or it should be the story that together, how can we take care of each other? How can we protect each other? We don't have all the answers. I know at one point, masks were dangerous. Now masks are mandatory. But you know what? It's okay to reflect and to know that we have to shift. We have to, I don't want to use words like shift and pivot, but we do. We have to learn. Life is an ongoing process. And that goes, me, goes back to what you said right at the beginning of the interview, where leaders don't always have the answers. You know, we don't have a crystal, uh, you know, or like a glass crystal ball that's going to tell us what the future is. And it's okay as a leader, as you said earlier, to look around you and to say, I don't know. That humility, right? But you look to the people around you and you say, maybe you know. And, then, you know, I heard you say as a leader that one of the most important things that we can do is to admit where we don't have the answers, but maybe to listen to others and to hire the sort of people that know more than us. You know, some people get uh, insecure because if they're not the toughest, the smartest at the table, they think they have to roam, uh, you know, it, it's about authority, but it's really about service, isn't it, Mohammed? It's absolutely, and it's all about our attitude towards everything. And the collective attitude, right, it should be, an attitude of listening, an attitude of admitting when we don't know, and, it, and an attitude that if we are all in this together, why don't we get all of us together to find a solution, not only one person, right. and blame it on the other, and forget about our titles, right. but tap into the knowledge of everybody. Instead of sitting in a government that they're fighting over who's going to win this and who's going to win that, right. we rather have them all in one room and work for the right. Canadians. And that's what the, the, that our prime minister was saying, which is great. But we want to see less of debating now right. and worry about the health of Canadians and the economy. We want them to worry about our health and our economy. And we always, always want them to worry about one point. The Canadian is a Canadian. And I love that. despite the fact of people's color and their religion and their background, it's a shame until now that there is leader who built this country that they're still treated differently just because of their background and their right. color. So we will lose ourselves 
if we will lose, the Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian. We actually will lose ourselves, and there is nothing bigger than losing yourself. And to all of you together, I say, it will happen easier if we do it together. The number of haters, what's happening in the white supremacy and their growth and them becoming bolder in Canada is dangerous. From two people coming from Lebanon, I can tell you, armed militia are dangerous. In very short time can change a country for years. For years, they can influence Canada's future. So we have to do it together. And we have to be able to speak out. Our silence, our silence is like a wink. Mm -hmm. We're giving them a green light to continue becoming bolder. Right. Yes, true. The number of people that are against hate, against racism is much bigger. But who, what our number will change if we remain silent? Right. We have to speak up. We have to move our words into action. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And we have to do more of educating ourselves. So Mohammed, I'm going to ask all, all oh, your listeners. So, yes. How many friends do you have that they're not from your background community mm. where you came from? And is the percentage of diversity in your friendship and inclusion in your friendship, does it look like Canada? Because mm-hmm. if you're complaining about the higher position in the country, why don't you stop with your, or start with your own friends, with your children's friends? And that will help us all. That will educate us about knowing each other. And that will make us all stand up for each other's pain. And we have to do it. And we only can do it if it's together. I love it. And that, you know, you said earlier about it's going to be more than a hashtag. I, you know, I want to take that hashtag out and I want to put in action items. What do I do? I want to put a number that instead of the hashtag, I want to put number one, it's stronger together. I don't want to see that. I want to see that number one priority for all of us is to do this together. And again, I'm going to quote you here was diversity is a fact. Inclusion is a choice. Our number one choice has to be that when I'm thinking of what am I doing today? How am I thinking about the person who doesn't have what I have, who doesn't sit on the table and has the same food that I do, doesn't have a roof over their shoulder, doesn't have three or four or 30 or 40 jackets doesn't have the means to live. It's not right that as a Canadian, I have and someone doesn't. It's not right that as a human being, a citizen of this planet that I have. And it's okay that some people have more than others. You know, you work hard, you get. But when you have, you give. Yeah. Go back to your story, right? And and food. is right, is a right. Is a right. People. Yeah. A, a, a home, home is a right. A home yeah. is a right. right. And, and healthcare is it's a right. right. It's not a privilege. It's not, a, it's a, not an extra. Um, it's yeah. not an extra. <laughs> so, and beyond that, if someone has a home and they can get a food on their table and they get the medication they need, and, you know, then it's okay for someone to have a little bit more. But when... And let me tell you about giving back. Giving back is not actually helping the people you give. It helps you. You know how healing it is to give back? Let me tell all your listeners, let me challenge you, and I hope I'll hear back from some of them. When you're having a bad day, when things are going wrong in a week, take $100, go, give it by, go buy some grocery and give it yourself 
to a family and listen to their story. Don't only give them the food. Don't give it to a bigger charity. Go do it yourself. And tell me how it felt while you're driving back from that family house. And when you got home and you told, (laughs) absolutely. And when you told the story, you feel that you're appreciative of what you have. You forget your problems because you felt like your problems are not as big as the other family problem. You feel very good about yourself that you were a reason why you put a smile on someone else's face. So multi three, like like so many multifaceted ways and multi-directional way of satisfaction and healing for you. So actually giving back to the community is a favor to yourself. It's not a favor to your community. It's a duty to do it to the community and a favor to you. The goodness that we get from giving. And, you know, I know what it does, you know, neuroscientists talk about just the, 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 what our body is doing in terms of reacting to the giving is like, it's not like exercise. It's not like having a good meal or being with someone you love. It is the most satisfying payback to your body. And this Muhammad is where it kind of leads me into the unfiltered thought of the week. This is where I ask the guests to share some learning or some advice or some enlightenment that you've had to help the listener to be a better person, a better human, a better giver. What advice would you give for us all to give more wholeheartedly? Well, what I'm going to say to everyone here, making a real difference in life, usually it's not easy. So you know how many times I do things where I receive 20, 30, 40 calls? Don't do it. Don't get involved. It's very dangerous. When I paid for the Quebec mosque, the gentleman that drive with me in the car yelled at me. He said, what, what are you doing? You're a Muslim in Canada. You're paying for a mosque. You know, they're going to come pick you up from here. I said, you still live in Lebanon, man. What are they going to come pick me up for? You know? Oh, what do you know what's going to happen after that Quebec mosque attack? I said, quite honestly, I, I, for me to modify what's going to happen, I'm going to jump in as a Canadian, not only Muslim, as a Canadian, and tell the Canadian, the rest of the Canadian, join me and let's help the mosque instead of not knowing what we do all together. Right? When I help Sufi downtown, the restaurant that got attacked by the white supremacy, everybody said, don't touch it. There was something about their son. He made a mistake. I said, I don't care about what his son did. This is Canada. His son is almost 30 years old. God help us all. If we pay the price of what our children do when they're 25 and 28 and 30, there is a complete different two stories that their son made a mistake somewhere and that these people get adapted threat to the extreme that they end up being forced to shut down their business. That business cannot shut down. Muhammad, let me tell you, I got that threat myself after I reopened the Sufi. People were sending me pictures of shotguns to tell me we're coming wow. to kill you. And you know what I faced it with? I smiled. So making to your listener, I'm not telling you to go jump in front of flying bullets or anything, but I'm telling you, making a real difference, it hurts a little bit. It has a price a little bit. It's like going to the gym. If you want to change the way you look, you're going to have to really push your muscles. It's going to hurt after a couple of days, but the reward of it is just unmeasurable, unmeasurable. The leadership, the hate will never win in Canada when I help the Sufis. 
If Sufi restaurant had to shut down, it would have been every second week a restaurant shutting down from hate threats because that would have sent them a message that they want and that they hate did not win in Canada. And to all of you, if you're afraid to rock the boat, you need a lot of work. You need to actually rock the boat. And 90% of immigrants don't do bigger things because they're afraid to rock the boat. They're so appreciative. But if you're appreciative to a country, you want to make sure that you keep it the way it was when you came into it. You need to protect it from its threats. And white supremacy and hate is a threat. Pandemic is a threat. So let's all again come together and not be afraid, you know, that the muscle is going to hurt a little bit because that means we're going through the growing pain. And growing, protecting has a pain, but for a very good result. So be prepared to change the world. Be prepared to, you need to decide who you want to be, who you are and who you want to be. Are you going to be a person that lives all their life to get a salary, go to a park, come back home and not make a difference? Or are you going to be that person, a stand-up person, a person that makes a difference, a person that, let's talk about legacy. Mm-hmm. That will leave a legacy that we're proud of. And why would we talk about personal legacy? Let's talk about the country's legacy. What kind of country we want to deliver to our children? What kind of country we want to be known for in the world? And your simple action and your action towards certain things are the result how the world is going to look at us and is exactly how are you going to leave the country for your children? And we all keep working hard and we want to provide for our children. You really want to provide for your children? Provide a country that gives them a real opportunity, Amen. regardless of their color, regardless of their religion, a country where it's a fair opportunity for everyone. And we can only do that if we do it together. We can only, and I promise you, it'll be some growing pain. And we will do it together. And we will do it together. Mohammed, thank you so much. I, I want to respect your time this morning. Thank you for being my unfiltered guest. Thank you for sharing your passion that you continue to share with the community. Thank you for helping to make our local economy and our local community a place where we give, a place where we grow. And in spite of the pain and because of the differences that we bring, we are a richer, vibrant, more colorful, community and country. And that's the way we make a better planet for our future and the future of our children. So thank you for being my unfiltered guest this morning. All the best to you. Peace. Thank you very much, Muhammad. That's for all what you, you do for the community. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unfiltered, the show about authentic leadership and personal growth. Like what you heard? Click subscribe, share it, and tell a friend about it. And don't forget to leave a rating.